Hey everyone, it's Cassie. And this is Chrissy. And this is Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Congrats are in order for the Los Angeles Dodgers for winning the 2020 World Series Tuesday night. They defeated the Tampa Bay Rays with a score of 3-1, to one, ultimately winning the series four games to two. Now, this is the first time since 1988 that both the Dodgers and the Lakers have won a championship in the same year. So, shout out to LA. This is a very monumental year for them. It started very horrific, not just for LA, but for the entire world, really, like even outside of sports. So these these two wins mean a great deal, and they have a lot of sentimental value. And, you know, as teams do, they celebrated their win, but this one was a little controversial. So Dodgers third baseman Justin Turner was seen and photographed on the field celebrating, hugging, and in close proximity with his teammates, which would have been fine if – he didn't have COVID. So he was actually pulled from the game just before the eighth inning by the MLB after being informed that he had tested positive for COVID. And he was quarantined in a doctor's office, but came back out when the Dodgers won. And he was wearing a mask, but he then took it off. So he deliberately disregarded the protocol given to him. And after he was told to leave the field, by security he refused i don't even know what to say and like you know i always have like a mouthful to say like you never have to worry about me not knowing what to say but i don't even know like what's worse the fact that he knew he had it like he wasn't unaware he had it he knew he had it he went out there he said okay he was wearing a mask but like masks aren't 100 percent like body shields like Personally, if I knew I had it, I would not have gone out there even with a mask. But then you have a mask and then to take it off because I understand everyone was like, oh, but he was just with his teammates like prior to finding out he had it. Like, you know, they were all there together. I totally understand that. But now, you know, you have it for sure. Like as a person, like how are you going out there and taking off your mask and affecting exposing all of your teammates, and then your teammates are going to go home, and they can expose their parents, their families, etc. Like, I personally wouldn't be able to do it with a clear conscience. That's just me. And this is just what we talked about a few episodes ago with sports that don't have a bubble. You can't possibly control the virus if you're not all in an isolated space. And if one player one person refuses to sit still in a doctor's office or at the very least keep his mask on while he's out there, then what hope is there for us to contain this virus? Exactly. And then just think how many people are exposed now because not only are the teammates exposed and, you know, all the personnel, just everyone who was around him, but their families are exposed. It's a bit selfish. Like, I understand you just won the World Series. Like, even him going out and celebrating with a mask is a little controversial, and I don't really approve it in my opinion. But, hey, if the team was, like, put on a mask to go out there, who is a little old Cassandra Pantelidis to tell him no, okay? I don't agree with it, but that's what they decided. But then to take off the mask, to take off the mask, like, did he even, did he even give a reasoning? Like, for what? Like, genuinely. 
Like, you literally took off your mask knowing you had COVID, knowing you were around, like, a bunch of people. Like, that is just so irresponsible and not right. Yeah, I remember you said, like, um, people were saying, well, he was already out there. So I'm wondering if that was his thought process. Like, okay, I was I was on the field for seven innings already, so if I gave them something, they probably already have it. But wouldn't that scare you? Like, wouldn't you want to prevent spreading it any further? Chrissy, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, my God. Now everyone's going to feel like it'd be like, oh my God, seriously, you have it. You exposed like the first seven innings. Like I would genuinely be like, listen to everything and apologize to everyone, even though it probably like, like, even though it might not even be his fault he has it. Some people get it and they practice safe, you know, social distancing. But, you know, now with him going out there without a mask, hmm, were you really practicing as much social distancing as you could have been? Who knows? I'm not going to say he wasn't, but... The fact of the matter is, yeah, he exposed him before because he didn't know. But, like, knowing, knowing you have it, like, just, like, for yourself, like, how could you go out there and do that? Yeah, I, I try to put myself in his shoes. Um, like I said before, this is the first Dodgers win since 88. And I know this is important for them, like, it's a huge win. It's the World Series. Of course, you want to be out there celebrating with your team. However, we're still in a pandemic. And if I, I wasn't there, I didn't win a World Series. I don't know. But if I had to put myself in his shoes and I really wanted to be out there with my team, I would at least keep the mask on. And have, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they have any, but, like, a hazard suit or something. Like, dress me all the way up so I can at least be on the field, like, taking pictures, put gloves on me, give me the mask, give give me everything. And just nobody touch me. But I at least want to be out there. I get it. You want to be out there celebrating. And honestly, I feel like it would make for more historic photos. Like, when you look back on those pictures from the World Series, you're showing your grandkids and they're like, oh, where are you? It's like, clearly I'm right there. I'm the one with, you know, all the gloves and the mask on. Like, I had to do that because I had COVID. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there were ways around it. And what was the point of wearing the mask to go out there if you were going to just take it off anyway? Yeah, I would have done like the mask and then like a face shield. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then like tell everyone like, hey, guys, like... You know, like, social distance or whatever. But at least he's covered in that sense. I think people could understand that if he was, you know, wearing a mask and all that. But to take it off, I think that is what is leaving everyone, like, like really? Like, you really had to take it off? Like, that is, like, these doctors and nurses are wearing it for their 12-hour shifts. You couldn't wear your mask? Like, yeah, you could have. Also, I was confused as to the timing of them finding out that he had COVID. Like, how how did that work? Like, how did you come to that conclusion at the seventh inning? Chrissy, I was literally going to say the seventh inning. Like, maybe? Like, the MLB knowing they should have waited, but then they could have gotten in trouble, and that's not right either. Or could they not have told him sooner? Like, I was actually, like, that is what confused me too like I feel like finding out in the seventh inning it was all a bit um like what a time to find out like it's definitely interesting 
could they not have found out? Did they not test everyone like before and get the results back? Or did they just run another one on him? Or did they want to like not wait like one more inning? It's all very confusing to me, genuinely. I don't get how you get a result in the seventh inning. Um, I feel like they would have had a result maybe like before the game started. Like, you know, it's just very interesting. Or why did they feel the need to test him again if they had to test him again? Right. You know? Like, what was the process? going into that because you're not about to sit here and tell me you tested him in like the fifth or sixth inning you're not testing people in between games if you're going into the game you have to assume that everyone is COVID free so how did it become news to everyone by the seventh inning that he had COVID like it's it's very um weird to me and it's kind of you know it was irresponsible for Justin to be out there without his mask but I think it's also irresponsible on the MLB's part because how why did it take so long how did you not know this before the game started? And I'm like, hmm, maybe they thought they got a false positive and felt the need to retest him or something like that. Or even if he did come back negative and they retested him, like, as the MLB, like, if you have to test someone and get the results back in the seventh inning, should he be out there in the first place if you even had to question it? And then for the results to come back and be like, okay, seventh inning, let's go out and tell him. It's just all very weird to me, and I think – on the MLB's part, the planning of it wasn't right. And then on Justin Turner's part, to take the mask off, knowing he had it wasn't right. And I think it's all a bit messy from everyone's end. And then it does get a bit confusing because then they are a World Series winner. So they are going to celebrate. And it's just a lot to take in. And I feel like these grown men are acting immature. And there's still a global pandemic going around. Mm-hmm. Also, I was watching KJZ on ESPN. And Keyshawn Johnson was trying to make the argument that it shouldn't matter anymore that he was on the field with them because the season is no longer in jeopardy since it's over. No, people are literally dying every day from this virus and the season is over, but life goes on. So are we only supposed to worry about the virus being contracted when it affects professional athletes schedules and revenue? Like, what type of message does that send to people who live everyday lives? Literally, like, that is, like, the most unreasonable explanation or reasoning I have heard because no one's quarantining for sports, like, unless you're, like, the athlete you were, but, like, normal people. Like, it's not like, okay, guys, the MLB season's up. We can go and, like, spread COVID or not wear our mask. Like, no. Like, 99% of America's population are not professional athletes. 99 plus percent of America's population was not quarantined for the sole purpose that, oh, I have to go play in the World Series. So that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because it's like, okay, good. Um, baseball season's over. Now you don't have to worry about like contracting and not being able to play. But you still have to worry about it because you can still spread it to people. That was so dumb. Like, literally, like... As a country, we are not quarantining and social distancing for the sake of the MLB. Like, yeah, it's over, good. But now the players have to abide by the rules. Like, oh my gosh. It was just such a ridiculous statement. They interact with people outside of the sport, you know. They're they're not in a bubble. They do go home. They go out. They have guests. Like, I'm pretty sure just because certain people are more strict with quarantining does not mean that everyone abides those same rules in the privacy of their own home. That's just not realistic. Not everyone follows the rules. So to say, like, why does it matter? The season's over. Nothing else is in jeopardy. No lives are in jeopardy. 
Exactly. They see their parents probably. Their parents probably older. They see their kids. Guess what? Their kids probably go to school. Their kids are with other kids, you know? It's just like, just because, like, life does not revolve around the MLB, guys. Like, And if anything... I really don't want COVID now if I'm a MLB player. I'm going home. I want to be safe with my family. Why? If I have been going through all of this to make sure I don't catch COVID to finish my season, why on earth would I want COVID now? Why would I want it now? For yeah, my teammate that was, at that. Like, hello. Yeah, that was just the most illogical reasoning or explanation I have heard of this whole situation, to be honest. But then again, I don't know if, if the the guys cared that much. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure they knew that Justin was diagnosed with COVID by that point. Maybe they were just, you know, riding the high and didn't really worry about um, maybe I shouldn't give him a hug. Maybe I shouldn't touch the trophy after him. Maybe I shouldn't be close to him next to the picture. Um, I don't know. I guess it's a personal thing, like – there's a lot of factors that go into that. They didn't look bothered. But if that was me on the field, don't touch me. And that kind of like, that blows my high. Like if I want to touch the trophy, but I see Justin has it, I'm like, damn, now I can't hold it. Cause he's COVID. <laughs> Chrissy, I was literally going to say like, for example, say like we were together for a weekend and then like, I'm like, I was supposed to leave Monday and Saturday. I found out you had it. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, let me just continue exposing myself or vice versa. And then also, like, if I found out I was with you and then, like, you had it, I wouldn't, I would quarantine because I was exposed to it. And I wouldn't come back home and, you know, expose my family or, like, you know, other people that I was, see- I was seeing. So then that's how I'm thinking of it. Outside of the MLB, they might not agree with masks. They might be, like, anti-maskers or something. Like, you never know. Right. That's what I was saying before. Like, just because, you know, some of us are a little more cautious, that does not mean that everyone thinks the same way. They are doing whatever they want to do, whatever that is, wearing a mask or not. Question, has the MLB said anything about this or the Dodgers or Justin or something? I'm not sure. I know Justin hasn't released a statement. Not. Yeah, his his uh, PR person and his publicist is like, listen, buddy, you're going to keep your mouth shut until we can put a, together a great statement because what is he going to come out and say? I knowingly exposed this amount of people. The MLB actually did release a statement. They said, immediately upon receiving notice from the laboratory of a positive test, protocols were triggered leading to the removal of Justin Turner from last night's game. Turner was placed into isolation for the safety of those around him. However, following the Dodgers' victory, it is clear that Turner chose to to disregard the agreed-upon joint protocols and the instructions he was given regarding the safety and protection of others while a desire to celebrate is understandable turner's decision to leave isolation and enter the field was wrong and put everyone he came in contact with at risk when mlb security raised the matter of being on the field with turner he empathetically emphatically ha he emphatically refused to comply that's horrible that's why he hasn't made a statement his his PR team's working overtime right now. That's actually really bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> no, genuinely, like, what? Like, that's actually horrifying. And, you know, he's a ginger. 
and whatever. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm a ginger too, so I'm biased against gingers. Like we we feel each other's pain, but like no, the gingers do not claim you, Justin Turner. What? <laughs> That's horrible. That threw me off. I was like, wait, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, because I'm usually like biased. I know that sounds crazy, but like, oh my gosh, and his wife is all next to him, and they probably have kids. Do these people not care? Or what about their parents that they could expose? That's actually, this is actually like horrifying. This is actually like, like raises a bunch of red flags in my head. Wow. I'm disappointed. I am too. Uh, Disappointed, but not surprised, you know, at this point. Yeah. And then I remember like these people, like the players aren't all like these like superhero athletes kind of thing. Like they like do things that you don't agree with. All the time. And then it kind of like burst your bubble. I mean, think think about the person who gave Trevor Lawrence COVID. Like, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, it's so easy to spread this virus. And it's bad that even the people who take the most precautions still catch it. But it's even more annoying when you see people who don't care just spreading it around. Okay, Chrissy, so funny about the Trevor Lawrence thing. So, you know, he has a fiance. Yeah. So he has a fiance or whatever. And, you know, she has, like, quite a following on social media. And I saw she posted, like, it was a group of four of the girls. I guess they're all dating Clemson players, you know, like, the little friends. Like, they're, they're all dating a boy on the Clemson team. And they were posting. And then they have, like, a YouTube. And I was, like, watching, like, their game day YouTubes. Like, they vlog it. And, like, one of the girlfriends spent the night at Trevor Lawrence's fiance's house. And they went to the game together. But, like, I'm sure they wear a mask when they're at the game. But, like, in the pictures on the vlogs, like, there was, like, not one mask in sight. Ugh. You know, it, it's it's funny because um, a lot of public figures have been vlogging from home these days and hanging out with friends, which is perfectly fine. Like, I definitely go out with my friends as well. But I've seen a lot of people in large gatherings without masks on. A lot of public figures, I'll say. No, yeah. Like, if you watch, like, I was, like, watching her vlogs and I was like, oh, okay. And then when I saw he had it, I'm like, ooh, like, I understand, like, they are probably hanging out and stuff, but, like, I don't think people realize how easy it is and, like, how much, like, it spreads just by you being, like, I don't know, like, I've stayed and I've, like, been seeing friends, but, like, it's, like, the same, like, two friends since the start. I will say, though, um, I don't know how often the people in these vlogs are tested for COVID, if they get tested at all, so that could be a factor as well. Like, I know... My birthday's coming up in December and it's going to be cold outside and the colder it gets, you know, more people are indoors, it's easier to spread. So I know the precautions that I'm going to have to take if I want people around me on my birthday, people are going to have to get tested for COVID. So, you know, it's just, it's a matter of um, their personal choices if they choose to take those precautions before being around a bunch of people and then going out and I don't know. It's like, what can you do? I don't know. It's just. Okay. So actually my sister's birthday was just this past weekend and she's a nurse and all her friends are nurses or whatever. So she always gets tested. My sister, like a lot, like they test her all the time. And for her birthday, like we went upstate for the weekend, like she got this house and it was just like, literally like not even 10 of us. It was just a few of us. And they were all nurses and then me and my sister but like she made everyone get tested before mm-hmm. that's and the right thing to do yeah she made everyone get tested and she kind of knew they were okay because like they all work in the hospital with her you know and 
I think two friends didn't, but like we all got tested and it was fine. But like we stayed in the house and we went to like a winery and like we all wore our masks. Like we were all being very careful. Like we weren't like jumping on top of each other. Like obviously like we were close, but like, you know, like obviously like we're going to start like celebrating things and things like that. But it's just like about how you do it. And I think when like athletes and like influencers post without masks, it just sends out the wrong message. Yeah, I agree. And then you have (laughs) things like Songbird. That trailer dropped um, a few days ago. It's a Michael Bay film about COVID. What's the word? Mutating into 2023. First of all, I just think that's like really (laughs) such a negative thing to put out. I, I, how do you feel about that? Do you think that this is just art or this is just terrible timing because I look at it as this is not the time to make films about something like this. Like people are fighting for their lives in the hospital right now, actively fighting this virus. I don't want to see an action film about how it's getting worse. I look at it as terrible timing for a few reasons. Yesterday when me and you were talking and you mentioned Songbird, I hadn't seen the trailer, right? So I'm like, oh, like, what the heck is Songbird? Like, I didn't even know. Like, I don't know what planet I was living on, but, like, I genuinely had no idea, like, what Songbird was. I thought it had to do with sports. Okay, so (laughs) I watched the trailer and then I do research and I'm like, I didn't even want to finish the trailer. It was so unsettling because one, like, there's still a pandemic. Like, we didn't get rid of it. Like, it's still going on. We have our, we're having the second wave right now. Like, the levels around the country are crazy. Some of the highest they've been in months. So, it's also terrifying. And then they were like, oh, in the movie, like, the disease affects your brain now. And it's basically like a death sentence if you get it. And then people were going into camps. And I just think it's very unsettling. And I don't want to see it. Because that literally makes me so anxious. Like, I didn't even want to watch the trailer. I was, like, closing my eyes. Like, what in the heck? Like, I just feel like, why are you even putting that out there? Like, you know, I believe in, like, man, not manifestation, but, like, I just believe, like, that's just bad energy right now. And, like, wait until a few years until this is gone. Yeah. It's the same way that, you know, Hollywood tried to market off of 2012. That's not funny. People were genuinely scared about the world ending in 2012 and people were making movies about it. I mean, that's a little it that's a little different because obviously it didn't happen, but also there wasn't, you know, science behind it, like concrete modern day science about the world ending in 2012. With this, this is like this is real. This is our everyday lives now. We've all had to adjust how we live around this this disease, this pandemic. Why would I want to see something that's telling me it's going to get worse and not like you're basically I'm lost for words. I'm flabbergasted. Honestly, I'm flabbergasted. I'm like 2023 mutating the brain lockdown camps yeah i think it's crazy because like we're still living in this pandemic obviously and then also like the way our government's handling it isn't the best obviously so and then you have people like oh i don't have to wear a mask this and that so it's even more terrifying this is a a case of 
Michael Bay not reading the room. I don't want to see that at all. Like, I'll watch it when this is over. It t- it scares me. It's confirmed. Des signed with the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. So you, cast as a stand for Des Bryant. What do you think are the obstacles for him right now? And what should he do to defeat them if he wants to be on the active roster? Especially in time to play the Cowboys. I'm, in fact, Des Bryant's biggest fan. Let's just get that out there. Um, now, I was going to say that his biggest obstacle is himself, but genuinely, I don't even think that anymore. You know, I think he's in such a good place, like, mentally, because he has placed such an emphasis on that the past couple years about how he's not going to come back until he gets his, like, mental, right? And then also, I know physically... If you just watch his workout videos, like physically, he's in shape too. So I think he just needs to really focus. And I don't think he should let any like outside noise affect him. Like I just feels like I I just feels like, oh my gosh. I just feel like if he like zones in on himself and doesn't listen to anyone else. And I really want to see him like play, like before going into like, oh, he needs to do this or that. But I think if he establishes like a relationship with his teammates and his quarterbacks because at the end of the day it is all about chemistry and like if he has their trust and they have his trust like I think it'll work out but what I've seen like I said like he looks physically ready he looks mentally ready and I feel like there isn't like much else to say until we actually like see him out there in a game but I think he has to remember who he is like he's does Brian like when he was with the Cowboys like he set records he's been to like so many Pro Bowls. He was like the number one wide receiver for so many years with Romo. Um, and in his prime, he was a top five wide receiver, arguably, like top five. He's only 31. I know he seems older. People seem to forget he's only 31. And also, you have to remember the Ravens had to put him on the practice squad. Like he he was out of the NFL. Like he was not on a team. So and he went through that injury. So I feel like they had to put him on the practice squad and they have to go through these motions. Honestly, I feel like he's going to be on the regular roster sooner than we think. And I'm just so excited to be here. It's really just about him. And I think he's ready. He's made that clear. He knows what he's doing. I think the Ravens know it too. So I think ignore everyone else. Just do your thing. And I think he'll be perfectly fine. I'm so excited. I agree with what you said about him just remembering who he is. Because he's not a rookie. He's coming in with plenty of experience. And him choosing to come back now was intentional. And like we talked about last episode, the Ravens have been looking for a veteran receiver. And they got one. They didn't just get any receiver. They got Des Bryant. And they don't just have any quarterback. They have Lamar. So this is going to be a really powerful team up if we get to see it. And I'm excited. Yeah, I think people seem to forget, like, who Des Bryant is. Like, Des Bryant was the guy, okay? Like, he was so good, like, even coming into the league when he was drafted. And now with Lamar Jackson, I love that matchup. It's not even a matchup. I love the pairing. Yeah. But um, I'm just so excited. Like, everyone's like, he's only 31 also. Like, that's really not old. He stayed in good shape. Like, people just really forget, like, Des Bryant. And he's a leader. He... Even with the Cowboys, I remember he would always say, like, he's super passionate. He would always get flack for that. But he would always say, like, I don't even care if I don't catch a pass. Like, as long as we can win, as long as I can help my team. Like, he's a locker room player, which is so good for the Ravens because they wanted that veteran receiver. I love it so much. 
Um, in other news, in other disappointing but not surprising news, Jay Cutler has endorsed Trump. So two days ago, he reposted a statement on Instagram that was originally written by retired professional golfer Jack Nicklaus with the caption, never a doubt. So in short, the statement was supporting Trump. I'll read the last paragraph so you get the gist. This is, again, Jack Nicklaus's statement that Jay Cutler reposted. It says, I know we are only a few days from November 3rd and Election Day, but I'm certain many of you have not yet made up your minds. But if we want to continue to have the opportunity to pursue the American dream and not evolve into a socialist America and have the government run your life, then I strongly recommend you consider Donald J. Trump for another four years. I certainly have and have already cast my vote for him. Am I surprised? No. Did anyone who supports Trump tell either of these men to stick to sports? Not that I saw. Does that surprise me? Again, no. I was literally going to say everyone is like, oh my gosh, like, like all the Trump supporters are on their side. They're like, yeah, use your voice. But then when it comes to the other side and people supporting movements and um, basic rights for everyone, they have a problem with it. Right. So the question is, who exactly should stick to sports? Right? Because when you have these basketball players speak out about what they believe, who they support, and what they want to do, how they want to change their communities, it's a problem, right? They're they're not equipped to speak on politics because they're they can't relate and they don't connect to Um, you know, the average person because they're millionaires. So why should they speak on certain topics? But when it leans more right now, it suddenly makes sense. And we're not sitting here saying, oh, Jay Cutler is just an athlete. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Obviously, we do not agree with what he's saying, but we're not over here saying he's just an athlete, this and that. We're like allowing him to say what he's saying. He's a person. He can say what he wants, but we don't agree with it. But the other side, when athletes like all the NBA players made the movement like, I'm not watching sports anymore. They don't know what they're saying. So Jay Cutler knows what he's saying, but LeBron James doesn't. Why? Because LeBron James is black and Jay Cutler is white and supports Trump. How does that make sense? Exactly. I'd also like to read a perfectly worded tweet written by Bleacher Report's Taylor Rooks to really sum this up. Yes, I know which one you're... Yes, go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, with the Jack Nicholas slash Jay Cutler endorsements... Just want to point out other Trump supporters are praising them, meaning they actually do love when athletes have political opinions. They just don't like it when it's different from theirs. Why don't those two have to shut up and play? Exactly. Very telling, isn't it? Hmm. Like, she was literally on point with that. Everyone was thinking it. It's literally insane. And then you can literally tell someone that who's like, talking about like oh like approving of jay cullen you can be like okay so why didn't you feel the same when like lebron does it or something they'll be like it's different I'm like no it's not it's literally not then someone tried to argue with her saying like it's because they're retired or something stupid so i don't like what you get you didn't know chrissy professional athletes get smarter and they actually know what they're talking about when they retire because beforehand they don't they were just living life not knowing anything like what apparently oh my gosh it's really ridiculous i can't say i'm surprised i wish i could 
but yeah, I'm definitely not surprised. I also saw, um, of course, you know, people had to bring up, well, this is why Kristen divorced you. Um, well, one, not, none of us really know why they got a divorce, but I only bring that up because a lot of people like to, um, victimize the spouses. Like, I'm sure Kristen knew this entire time that Jay was a Trump supporter. And I doubt that that was the root. I mean, again, I don't know. But if he, he, based on the never a doubt, I'm assuming that Jay has been a Trump supporter since he ran for president four years ago. So again, I don't think that this is, you know, news to Kristen. So why would this be the root of their divorce this year? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's the root of their divorce. She knew. I mean, yeah, like you don't just he just didn't become like um, like his views just not all of a sudden he's like, oh, like, you know, lean to the right. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's always been like that, most likely. Right. She knew. That's not like the reason. Yeah. And that's fine, too, because, again, People can say what they want to say. People can believe what they want to believe. But let's not pull the whole, like, I know people are joking, but let's not do the whole, oh, my God, I'm so glad Kristen left you. This is why she left you, X, Y, Z. Because it's like, y'all, she knew. She knew. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. She would have left a long time ago if that was the reason. And honestly, what, (sighs) this isn't surprising. Like, come on. It's really not surprising at all. No, not one bit. Like it's Jay Cutler. <laughs> no, literally, it's not It's yeah. It does. It literally. When I heard, it, I was like, like it's disappointing, but like yeah, okay. Yeah, like <clears throat> it's only annoying because um the initial argument of why is it that only certain people have to stick to sports and other people, when it benefits your argument and who you support. Now it's like, oh, my God, yes. Like you said, use your voice. Use your platform. That's where it's irritating. Oh, yeah. No, it's so irritating. But you can literally, like, argue this and they don't care. That's the thing. That's why it's like you really have to ignore these people and just keep, like, LeBron, for example. I just keep using him. That's the first NBA player I think of. But he just has to ignore these people and he keeps using his voice. Everyone always is on him and he's just like, like, you know, he always takes it. But there's like no hope for these people and it's like um when the left-leaning celebrities come out and speak like I said this before but I want to bring it up again people who lean more towards the right like to argue that again that they're incapable they should stay out of politics and and they, they don't just do it to athletes they do it to musicians, they do it to actors, like all public figures. And they say that, you know, they should just be quiet, stick to their profession. And they make it seem as if they don't care about what these public figures have to say. But as soon as 50 Cent and Lil Wayne and Jay Cutler and all of them came out supporting Trump, I mean the praises that came out from the right. Again, did not surprise me, but it's very telling. Like, you do value their opinions. You do care. You were just hurt that people weren't agreeing with you at first. Like, you were just waiting for someone 
to agree with you to be like yeah speak out also these people who say like oh they're just athletes they're just actresses they're just singers like they don't know what do you guys do genuinely what do you guys do for a living that makes you more qualified to be invested in politics and how your country is being run like i am pretty sure that you're unless you like studied politics in college you know like my sister's a lawyer she knows a lot more about the government than i ever will for example but these people saying like oh stick to sports stick to singing like what career do you have that makes you more qualified to speak on it tell me i would love to know like everyone is entitled to speak out about it exactly like why would i be more entitled than an athlete just because i don't play a sport i'm not it's just so frustrating it's just not fair it's not but you know it's so um it's very predictable at this point very very predictable and it is what it is you know and that's why if you have something to say you might as well just say it you can't please everybody and that's exactly why a lot of these athletes have kept using their platforms and their voices it does not matter like what the other side has to say everyone's going to be biased regardless so use your platform for what you want to use it for as long as you're not hurting anybody and you're not being like disrespectful yeah so the nhl's arizona coyotes have renounced their rights to draft pick mitchell miller so in 2016 when miller was in the eighth grade he bullied one of his black classmates isaiah myers crothers who suffers from what CNN described as developmental disabilities. Miller and another one of his classmates took advantage of Isaiah's disability and tricked him into eating candy that had been in the urinal. They also physically assaulted him and used racial slurs against him. Miller and that classmate did confess in Ohio juvenile courts and were sentenced to community service for their actions. So now in 2020, he's 18, playing hockey at the University of North Dakota, a top prospect for the NHL. And he did the adult thing, which was reach out to these teams, letting them know what he did and apologizing. So I'm going to read an excerpt from his statement that was released through the school. He said, I'm extremely sorry about the bullying incident that occurred in 2016 while I was in eighth grade. I was young, immature, and feel terrible about my actions. At the time, I did not understand the gravity of my actions and how they can affect other people. I have issued an apology to the family for my behavior, completed cultural diversity and sensitivity training, and volunteered within my community with organizations such as Little Miracles. Over the past four years, I have had a lot of time to reflect and grow, and I am very grateful to the Arizona Coyotes for taking a chance on me. I promise not to let them down. Moving forward, I want to be a leader for this cause and help end bullying and racism. Six days later, the Coyote's president released a statement saying, prior to selecting Mitchell in the NHL draft, we were aware that a bullying incident took place in 2016. We have learned more about the entire matter and more importantly, the impact it had on Isaiah and the Meyer Crothers family. What we learn does not align with the core values and vision for our organization and leads to our decision to renounce our draft rights. Okay, so I agree with him not being on an NHL team, but the one thing that like I don't really get is 
knowing like why would you draft him and then cut him no like nothing changed you know like he had already told the nhl teams what he did um so i'm just wondering like why they drafted him and then cut him instead of just like not drafting him at all do you know right because he made it clear that they knew about the incident what took place so i'm i'm wondering what pieces of the story kind of put the nail in the coffin for the coyotes to say like okay this isn't it like did you did you you knew he was bullying somebody and you knew that it went to juvenile court court so what part was it him being black him having a disability what part was it or maybe like once they drafted him people like started finding out and then they were outraged and they're like, oh, we have to do something. Because clearly it didn't stop them before. Like, they knew what he did. They knew it went to court. They knew he had to do community service. Like, this, that, and the other. And they still drafted him. So, I don't think it was cool to draft him and then cut him. They should have just never drafted him. I agree. There's just, like, a major disconnect between sports and, like, basic rights and just, like, compassion. I think now um, leagues are taking the character of a player more serious. It was definitely, it's always been a big deal, but we live in the age of social media and the kids that are being drafted today, they weren't introduced to it. They were born into it. So Mm -hmm. this is their, their world. This is what they know. They live in the age of digging up old tweets. Nothing is a secret. You can't hide anything today. And for the NHL, it's even, a, even more of a big deal because it's a predominantly white sport when it comes to players, front office, and fans. So for the Coyotes, Arizona at that, the Arizona Coyotes to say that they're renouncing their rights to Mitchell because of his heinous actions towards not just a black team, but a black disabled team is a big deal. And regardless of what the turning point for the president was to decide to renounce the rights, I think it was the best decision to say, um, we don't want him anymore. And at first I was like, you know, you had that that thought like, mm, eighth grade. For me, that seems long ago because I'm 23. Mitchell was 18. That was not that long ago. And I actually just had a conversation with my cousins the other day about white teens going through a racist phase as like a rite of passage into adulthood and how common that is and why it's so acceptable. And you see it happen all the time. Like, and it's not just with public figures, it's with everyday people. You know, you they they were saying the N-word, they were bullying a black kid or um wearing blackface it's something and then they they apologize and it's swept under the rug and they get to live on their lavish life and the coyotes decided no you don't get that privilege they're setting a tone and i like it it i mean I, it it's unfortunate for mitchell but hey if if i was um if i was isaiah's mom or his sister his cousin like how would I feel? I don't I don't think you deserve to be a public figure representing a team based off your actions. And she actually said, you know, um she told the Republic 
that Miller never apologized directly to Isaiah outside of a letter that was mandated by the juvenile court. So we have to take that into account too. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with it. Like in eighth grade, like you're grown, like you're not a child. Like you literally go to high school the next year. Like, you know what you're doing, you know, you have enough. You're developed enough to know right from wrong. Like you're not, you're, you're a preteen. You know that bullying is wrong. That you know at least that much going into high school. You know that bullying is wrong. 1000%. And I think him getting cut for the family, like, good. Like, that's what I would want. I just don't get why they drafted him in the first place. That's what I don't get. Honestly, my middle school bully, guys, in middle school, I got so made fun of for having red hair because I was the only redhead in my school. Anyways, I went to like a small Greek school, but my middle school bully is TikTok famous right now. TikTok famous. Really? Yes. And it annoys me because they're just like, oh, spread kindness, this and that. And I'm just like, you literally like made my life a living hell in middle school because I had red hair. Like TikTok famous. It annoys me so much. Like, okay, what are you going to do? But like at the same time, it's like, you know what you're doing. I'm sorry. I just don't get like the thing that annoys me is like, good for them for cutting him like like and they set a tone like you said like why draft him in the first place like for what knowing what he did like what changed you know yeah but it's actually (laughs) i want to go back to what you were just talking about i think one of the things that we have to stop teaching and believing is that good things don't happen to bad people yes they do no i agree (laughs) good happens to bad people don't expect that if someone's nasty to you like oh they'll get like no i believe in karma but like good will still happen to them they're not gonna live a miserable life like oh it happens all the time yeah he was drafted he was later cut but like imagine being the person he bullied and seeing him get drafted to the nhl it's traumatizing i mean i can't imagine how many people have to turn on the TV every day and see their attackers, abusers, their their bullies on TV every day? Like that's normal. There's actually someone that I follow on Twitter. I won't <laughs> I won't say his name, but he had a tweet go viral once because it was like someone had asked, "Oh, um, like where is your bully today?" Because everyone always assumes that your bully is supposed to end up living this horrible life and he was like my bully is signed to Def Jam like he's living a lavish life (laughs) for as far as I can see he's not suffering and I thought that was really important because I think even like a lot of parents I know it's like the the easy thing to say you tell your kids like well it's okay because they're gonna turn out like this you don't know that you don't know that that's why it's so important to just focus on yourself because you cannot guarantee that someone who is horrible to you is going to live a horrible life. They they might, and you just might not see it, but you can't bank on that. I mean, good and bad happens to everybody, but don't bank on the person who hurts you to be hurt as well, because it might not happen. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Literally, that's why you just have, like you said, you have to focus on yourself. My bully is literally TikTok famous right now, and he lies on there. Like, it's the most annoying thing ever, but I'm not going to go and be like, oh, you're a liar. Like, whatever. That's his issue. Like, I'm just going to focus on myself and my career because that's all you can do. Like, 
don't stoop down to their level. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. So like in the same breath, it is satisfying to know like, okay, at least he really is paying for what he did. I mean, yes, he, he did community service. He went to juvenile court. Cool. But that, what you, what he did is traumatizing for an able person, let alone a disabled person. I'm, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened that day, but what I do know of him making him eat candy that was in a urinal and you put your hands on this kid and then you called him racial slurs. You don't get to live that down. I'm sorry. And I hate that that's like expected just because you apologize, it gets to be erased. No, it doesn't. Stop teaching these kids or stop allowing these kids to believe that they can go through a racist phase and then when they reach a certain age, just apologize and it's over with. No. Stop doing it. Do better. Yeah, it's insane. Or if you're going to be a racist, at least be a quiet one. Oh my gosh. Because there's always going to be racist people. But if you're going to live that life, be prepared for the consequences. I just I just don't get it. Just because someone's like different than you, like, what gives you the right? Actually, you know what? If you're going to be... <laughs> don't be a quiet racist. Those are the worst ones. Oh, okay. If you're going to... If you knew you wanted to be a public figure, or maybe he didn't know. I don't know. Just don't be racist. Don't be racist at all. Literally, it's easy. Like, don't be racist. Like, it's literally not that hard. Like, who do you think you are? Like, it just baffles me that someone thinks they're better than someone because the color of their skin. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know how to even process it. Like, I don't get it. Like, I never will. Like, there's literally no rational or no reasoning behind it. Like, it's just, like, the craziest thing ever. And it's sick. It's very asinine. Do better. It's 2020. Stop being racist. Mic drop. It's four days until election day. If you voted already, congratulations. If you haven't, please do your research, construct a voting plan, and make your voice heard. This election is incredibly important. Every vote counts. The future of our country is in our hands. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode 11 of Did You Catch That with Cassie and Chrissy. Make sure you're subscribed to us on Spotify and that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at DYCT Podcast. Again, that's DYCT Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week and happy voting. <laughs>